Hello, my friend. I am Mr. X Dreams, your guide in this place that lives in the twilight between the waking world and the dream world. You're now listening to the DreamerCast. Here we explore the stories and ideas that, I believe, connect all human beings across both space and time. Monsters, magic, gods and ghosts, the multiverse. There is more to this existence than meets the eye. But I tell you the truth, friend. Stay with me, and you and I will together witness the birth of new worlds. Welcome to my realm. Welcome to the DreamerCast. Hey there, my dreamers. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to drop me a nice five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps me out, and I would appreciate it very much. And by the way, if you have a paranormal story of your own that you'd like to share here on the DreamerCast, head over to my website, MrXDreams.com. That's M-R-X-D-R-E-A-M-S dot com, where you'll find a story submission page along with links to my merchandise, YouTube channel, and other ways to support the show. If this is your first time here, welcome, my friend. I'm glad to have you. If not, welcome back, my dreamer. I want you to open your mind, listen and consider these stories and their implications. Understand that the machinations of this world may be stranger than you once believed. Now, let's get into some stories and discussion here on the DreamerCast. What you are about to hear are allegedly true stories told by and discussed with the very one who had the experience. Enjoy, my friends. Alright, my friends, today we have got a special guest on the line, live call and interview, a friend of a friend of mine who's uh, got a very interesting ghost story to tell us about, something that took place many years ago in the faraway land of California. Vince... Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. The honor and the pleasure is all mine, sir. Um, I was just contacted by a mutual associate of ours, uh, someone who will not be named. Mm -hmm. And uh, you were gracious enough to take some time out of your day at very short notice, so I, I very much appreciate it. You're actually going to be yeah. the third person I'm interviewing about a true story for my... Uh, new podcast so i very okay. much appreciate your time great glad to be here so tell me what happened in california yeah so um this was about well it was at least 25 years ago probably closer to like 28 years ago now um i was working at ucla at the time and i struck up a very close friendship with a buddy of mine um, his name is Jeff, and we got to know each other because we both had a, a real passion for saltwater fishing. And after after a number of times of kind of going out on these what we call cattle boats where you pay a lot of money to be kind of shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of guys on these boats and getting tangled up and stuff, we said, hey, forget that. Why don't we, um, why don't we take his little 12-foot uh, uh, 
aluminum skiff and just bring it out to the shore. We were going to just launch it off the beach in Malibu and get behind the surf. And right behind the surf, there's a bunch of kelp patties that are rich with a lot of fish. And we thought, gee, we'd go out there and drop a line and get a bunch of fish. And um, he lived up in Northridge. That's up in the valley. If anyone's familiar with um, L.A. or Southern California, we just call it the valley. That's the uh, the San Gabriel, uh, excuse me, the San Fernando Valley up in Northridge. And the major thoroughfare through that part of the city is the 405 freeway. And uh, it was a Friday night, and I recall it was either very late summer or early fall because it was starting to get dark earlier, and then the sun would rise up, would rise later, and it was getting cooler. And um, I spent the night in his house, and we strapped this, uh, this I'll say it's like 12-foot uh, aluminum skiff to the top of his little tiny little Toyota Corolla fastback, and we had to like climb through the through the windows to uh, after we strapped it down. Uh, and and uh, we spent the night. We got up early before the sunrise. We'd say it was about four o'clock, four thirty, mm-hmm. and we and we cruised down the four hundred five. And uh, Topanga Canyon is kind of is a famous road. It's a real windy canyon that connects uh, Pacific Coast Highway with the four hundred five, and it cuts through some you know pretty nice wilderness. And it's a very narrow, windy canyon. About it's um it's just one lane each way in most spots, and we. We were driving. We cruised down the 405. It's pitch black. <clears throat> we get onto the onto Topanga Canyon, and it's already sort of an eerie place. I have to tell you, especially at that time of of um, day of night. Well, it was virtually night. It was before sunrise. I bet. Yeah, and we we're kind of cruising through. It's a very windy canyon, and and you know his headlights are kind of carving a little space down the canyon for us. And wouldn't you know, about a mile, mile and a half into the canyon, we came upon. A car, and I happen to know because I'm a car freak, I'm an old car freak, it was a 68 Camaro, an absolutely pristine condition. It was that green color that was very popular back then. And it was across the lane, meaning across the the divider, uh, across the dividing um, lines, I guess you'd say. So hmm. half half in each side of the uh, each direction. And we clearly there was an accident, or it appeared an accident had occurred and the headlights were on. And the, and the lights inside the vehicle were on, and the passenger door was open. And so we stopped the car. Uh, Jeff had been a, uh, a paramedic years before, and he was ready to jump into action. We kind of expected to find some mangled body inside this car or something. But it wasn't damaged. I don't think the car was damaged. There's no, like, you know, glass on the, on the street or anything. And we peer inside the, the car, and nobody's in it. And it's kind of just this perfect, pristine car. I remember I had a bench seat because I'm a gearhead and I notice these things <laughs> and we were very close to this car. Right. And so we go, wow, this is very, very strange. So we call out in the darkness thinking, gee, maybe somebody, you know, staggered off and is injured or something. So we call out, we call out, nobody answers. And we say, well, gee, let's get back in the car. Let's travel the next three miles or so down to PCH Pacific coast highway and get to a call box and call this in. So we, we begin to do that. And again, it's very dark, and we're kind of winding our way through this this canyon road. And about maybe half a mile, well, I should I should back up. So on either side of the canyon, depending upon kind of how the terrain is working, you either have the um, the canyon walls will rise up either directly to the right side of the vehicle or to the left side of the vehicle, and then on the other side of that would be a shoulder, a wide shoulder. And we were cruising through, and we were kind of I have to tell you, we were really feeling already kind of eerie. It was just an eerie feel to us. Um, and we're, we're cruising through and we're probably about half a mile from PCH. And at that point, the, uh, Canyon walls rise up on the left 
on the um, on the opposing lane of traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we come through and we see this. We see what looks like the silhouette of a man walking into the into the road from the side of the canyon wall. And we and, he, and I guess I don't know. We didn't say anything to each other. We just sort of I guess we assumed that this was somebody coming to flag us down or something like this. And he stops the car because there's clearly a person in the road. And keep in mind, this was not, it was not foggy. The conditions were really kind of perfect, except you know, and by then there was a little bit of um, little bit of sun in the, on the horizon as well. And about four feet in front of the car, we see this man walking in front of us from left to right. And it was, he was completely oblivious to us. And he looked like a really heavy set, big, tall, very hairy guy with a big wild mane of hair and a big shaggy beard, heavy set guy in all brown, kind of looked like he was wearing a, a UPS uniform, that kind of color of brown, hmm. walking, you know, walking, you know, sort of a normal pace, but he was ranting and raving. He was clearly was very angry and upset about something, but we couldn't hear anything, right? It was almost as if we were watching a film with the, with the sound off. And I remember getting this prickle on the back of my, the back of my neck and uh, like a real, having like a really, a truly a physical reaction and that sense, and I and I understood at that moment that that thing where it says the sound, the sound is it's so uh, it's so quiet, it's deafening, and that's mm. kind of what I was experiencing. And I was looking, and something like in my brain said, "What's going on here? What's missing?" And I realized that you really couldn't see anything from like the hips down. And this this guy is walking across, ranting and raving, and he gets to just a few feet beyond our car to the right of us on the passenger side where I was sitting. And he just kind of evaporates, just kind of the last thing you see is sort of the small of his back or his upper back. And he just kind of poof. I don't want to say poofs into a, into a ball of smoke, but you just can't see him anymore. Hmm. And, and we and we were sitting there and our hearts pounding and we look at each other. And I was thinking of um, I was thinking of that, that movie Raising Arizona, where they realized they left this kid on top of the car and they just panic and they, they're staring at each other screaming. We sat there. Jeff and I seriously stood, sat there and just kind of screaming like like maniacs what the blankety blank did we just see oh my god and he gets on the gas he peels out of there like i said we've got about another half half a mile three quarters of a mile to get to pch and we do get to the um call box which is right at the end of topanga right at right on the beach right at the um pacific coast highway he gets out calls in hey we think there might be an accident um much further down the canyon now on the on the valley side of the canyon mm-hmm. And we kind of were freaked out. And so then uh, we got back in the car, kind of hyperventilating, like, we really saw this, right? Yeah. And we drive up the road to a bit place called Wiley's. Um, Wiley's was a, is a bait shop that's still there. And this guy called Wiley was kind of this notorious character, um, kind of one of a funny, funny looking guy, very short guy, kind of hard to tell, kind of a unisex character. We always tend to joke was this Pat, is, is this, is, is Wiley a man or a woman? He was a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a very interesting character, and he could see that we were, and we were buying bait and, and hooks and things, and he could see that we were, you know, all you know, disheveled and freaked out. And he said, "What happened? You know, what's what's wrong with you guys?" And we said, "Well, gee, we just saw something very weird in that canyon." And he says, "A lot of weird things happened in the canyon." And sure enough, actually, Topanga Canyon. I looked this up, and it's pretty well known for having weird hauntings and weird experiences on Topanga Canyon, going back for generations now. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, we get our gear. We go out. We go out to the beach, still very shaken, and it's a beautiful sunrise, and the, and the sun's up now, and and the the ocean could not have been better conditions. It was absolutely flat as a pond, and 
were out there. Now, keep in mind, it's still legal to do this, um, to, to launch a skiff out, out uh, off the surf, but there's nobody looking. But about um, 50 yards from us, there's a class of scuba divers getting ready to do their scuba diving. So they're getting in all their scuba diving, scuba diving gear. And we drag the boat out. We're right in the surf. Jeff's a big guy. He gets in front with his back to the um, in the bow, with his back to the uh, to the bow, ready to start rowing. And I'm pushing off. And he looks at my face and he sees that I'm kind of you know like what the heck. And honest to God, out of nowhere, there was an absolute monster wave that came and flipped the boat and capsized us. All the gear knocking into the water. I almost get hit in the head with this with this metal boat, and it sucks. It starts sucking our gear back into the ocean and. and it was a mess, right? So these nice guys from the scuba diving class, they came and ran and helped get our gear, and we dragged the boat back up the up the, uh, up the the beach, and we thought, okay, that's it. Oh, and then wouldn't you know, it just is, it's absolutely, then it goes back to just being a perfect day, just an absolutely placid day. And these guys even said, they said, that was some bizarre rogue wave that just came out of nowhere flipped and flipped our boat. And we hmm. said, okay, and we said, okay, that's, that's probably enough for us today. <laughs> we were pretty shaken up. And, um, and I, I think I forgot to tell you this, but we did actually see a, uh, an ambulance with its lights on, but not with its siren going up PCH, turning into Topanga after Jeff had made that call at the call box. Um, so that's my ghost story. I mean, there was definitely, um, you know, we saw something very weird. I don't know. Well, I, I definitely agree with you that whatever you saw was extremely weird. I have yeah. a few questions about that. Sure. Um, I've been taking some notes as you were talking. Right. Uh, very, very well uh, presented with that story, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So how old were you during uh, this event? Um, about, let's see, I'm 53 now, so about 30 years old. About, about maybe 20, 28 years old. Okay, so you were you were both grown adults. Grown adults. You, know, you, yeah. you, you knew, you knew how the world is supposed to work. That's right. Okay. So, I was wondering the green Camaro. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to use uh, my amateur detective skills to uh, sort of piece things together and see if I could make sense of of what might have been going on right. in this in this instance. Were you ever? Did you ever come into physical contact with that vehicle? You know, I, I do not recall actually touching it. I mean, I could have. It was, I mean, I was like literally standing at the door, uh, this open door. I do not recall actually touching the car. I've tried to remember that myself many times, and I don't think I do recall having touched it. But uh, visibly, the way that it presented itself and the way that you saw it in the in the moment, there was nothing about that vehicle that would make you question whether it was really a, a car there naturally like a regular car somebody parked and walked away from yeah no it seemed extremely real yeah hmm. and you didn't i i assume you didn't go back that way when you uh decided to we, uh, we did not home. we did not um we took another route back into the valley and, okay. uh, and intentionally avo- intentionally avoided uh topanga yeah i was i was going to ask if you had if you kind of passed by that area again or mm-hmm. whether you did or not right uh, and you know if the if the vehicle was still there mm-hmm. so how far down the road if you can remind me how far down the road from the car was the uh apparition that you saw 
Um, I'd say I'd say a few miles. I, th I think the whole length of the road. I'd have to look it on a map, but I think from one end, end to end, it's probably five to six miles max. Six miles max, probably more like five. And I'd say it was about three miles down the road till we when we saw the apparition. Okay. So do you, in your mind, is the apparition in that vehicle connected? Are they connected in any way? You know, it's very interesting. Intellectually, it sort of seems like it. My my buddy Jeff and I, we kind of both sort of had a gut feeling that it wasn't necessarily related or, you know, it could have just been a weird coincidence. But like, why, where was the driver of this car? You know, like what happened right. to these people? You know, so... Like it could it could it have been that somebody saw that apparition and kind of then just went out of control on the road, you know, a number of miles down the road. Mm. Um, that's possible. Um, we just kind of don't know. But it was uh, it was it certainly set us up for being in a very strange space. That's that's interesting because I, I didn't I didn't uh, think about that angle of it. I was wondering if perhaps something happened to the person that was driving the car and that resulted in the apparition miles away but right. it could very well have been that person was the person driving the green camaro passed by that apparition and they you know as a result maybe they were frazzled or maybe they got into an argument with the person in the car with them as to what they had seen and they ended up freaking yeah. out and spinning out or something like that right um, something that was very so interesting to me, like I always kind of say this apparition, he always, I always say he looks kind of like a, um, a late stage Jim Morrison of the doors. Cause he was this big bearded, heavy set guy. And he kind of looked almost from that era, um, his yeah. clothing and the way he looked and Topanga Canyon is, is sort of, a, was a notorious, um, counterculture place during the late sixties, early seventies. And, a lot of strange and, and sometimes violent things happened in that canyon, unfortunate things. And I always kind of, for some reason, feel that somehow it might be connected to that era, hmm. that that guy. And it would kind of make sense with the car as well, the time, the uh, age of the car, a 68 Camaro. Right, because even that was a little bit um, earlier model vehicle than, than the time that this took place, correct? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, it was it was it was much. So it was it like eighty one or or? Yeah, this would have been. Like or, yeah, this was like. Was pre it, oh wow, ninety one. Yeah, it would have been like yeah, in the ninety yeah like nineteen ninety. So the car was old. You know, would have been very old. Like you know, this right, was a, right. This is why it was like an absolutely pristine Camaro. The sixty eight was just an absolutely pristine car. Oh, it's um, a beautiful vehicle. I'm yeah, somewhat familiar. Yeah. yeah, gorgeous car, and this one was just like it, like it rolled off the like the showroom floor, you know. So it was like um, it hadn't been modified in any way. Again, I just know that because I'm a car nut. Um, mm. So it looked like it had just driven off the off the um, dealer's showroom in the last year or so. So that's another strange wrinkle. Um, and you know, I also, and, you know, I always wonder, you know, Jeff and I always sort of think. Could this apparition, or could and could this maybe be apparitions in general? Is it like was it out of time? Like meaning, was it? Did we get kind of a window onto a different time, for lack of a better word? Um, mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just sort of thinking out loud here, you know. Oh yeah, those are that's a that's a very good uh, place to take this conversation because there's mm -hmm. I I personally have so many different theories and ways of approaching what ghosts may or may not be from a many different standpoints and in my opinion a situation like this it really brings to mind concepts like well let me just explain 
the, mm-hmm. my, my view of what a ghost might be. Mm-hmm. I think that human beings are all connected somehow. Ment- whether you want to say mentally or spiritually or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. there's something that, that connects us, that enables us to kind of um, sense certain aspects of, of reality that uh, are not immediately obvious to most people. So, for example, say we're all part of the same network, we're all part of a web, and that these invisible threads connecting every human mind throughout not just space but also time, if you pluck someone out of there, especially violently, in my opinion, that leaves some kind of imprint. Mm-hmm. It leaves some, like, an, maybe perhaps an echo of of what that person was and what they brought to the network itself. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so if some in under some circumstances, that that scar or that that void that is uh, left behind from someone being removed from the network, people can other people can still perceive that they perceive it in a way that we normally. Uh, interpret as as an apparition or a ghost right and, and that's just one of many yeah. many theories it could be and 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 i say i say space and time because people have dreams of being in living in other times and being in another in other bodies people mm-hmm. different cultures different eras of of history right and i think these are all sort of pieces to the same puzzle and and I that that might be that might somehow be a quasi explanation as to why we see things like what you saw. Yeah, it sort of makes sense. And and I was always struck, and and my my buddy was was also struck by how completely oblivious to us this guy was. I mean, we could have honked the horn, and I don't think he would have paid attention to us. He was in his own world, kind of like I said, ranting and raving about something, and we couldn't hear a thing from him. And he was just sort of passing by us like we weren't there. Um, that we were maybe you know the another length of the um, of the uh, of the hood of the car away from this guy, another four feet from the end of the car, you know, max. Mm-hmm. Very very strange. When you say you could not see his uh, his legs or from the mm-hmm. hips down, what what yeah. was there? Was it were you able to see through it or was it see, dark see through? Or? Yeah, I saw through it. Um, the uh, the, head, the headlights just kept illuminating the road from where, you know, you, you couldn't see like about yeah, about his hips, hips maybe top of his thighs. At that point, you kind of just couldn't see anything. Wow. So yeah. just so I, I'm trying to get as clear of a picture as possible as to what you saw, so that I can put myself in your shoes. Yeah. What you saw, and correct me if I'm wrong, is basically the same. From the hips up, the same exact presentation you would see if a normal flesh and blood human being was standing there, but at some point that visual information kind of just fades into nothingness and you can clearly see the road and other features below the right. hip area. So the upper right. part didn't look ghostly or, or anything well, like that? Well, you know what I always think of? Um, you know the old sepia tone photographs, those old brown and white photographs? Um, it kind of almost reminded me a little bit of that, but I mean, it definitely was human-like. I mean, there were, I, I definitely recall the headlights illuminating, like like shadowing the rest of his upper body that I could see. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like he was a film. I um, it wasn't translucent or anything. 
that's it. That's right. Like he seemed to have, he seemed to have like, you know, the light affected contours on his body and so on. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was definitely, definitely like a real kind of thing. It wasn't like a uh, projection on a screen. I always say, I was sort of, um, liken, liken him to almost a, a projection on the screen simply because you couldn't hear a word he was saying, though he was gesticulating wildly and, and looked very angry or upset and was, was, kind of you could see was shouting and like putting his energy into it like you know when you when you when you really are shouting and angry you're you're kind of your chest is heaving it's this sort of it's a physical thing you're going through and he was definitely angry and upset and you know pissed off and kind of yelling about something but we just couldn't hear anything hmm. very strange so when when you say he was you know he was gesturing and making these movements did you hear anything coming from him or you could just physically see that he was yeah. saying yeah, something? Could, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't hear anything from this guy at all. You could just see him really, really saying, you know, yell, would have, would have been yelling basically. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's yeah. really interesting. When he, when he began to uh, evaporate, can you explain, mm -hmm. explain um, kind of the way the process with which that worked? Yeah, and you know it's kind of interesting because as he, as I was saying, he was going from left to right from the passenger side, or excuse me, from the driver's side to the passenger side, and he, and I was on the passenger side, and it seemed like just as he passed that pillar, the um, the A pillar of the car, that's when he really started to fade out, and I think I saw, I think I just saw everything kind of shrink down to his middle of his back or like upper back, lower of his back, kind of almost an oval. And then just finally, finally just kind of fade out, just sort of fade out. Like as if somebody had a dimmer switch and just dialed it down, you know, right. but he sort of went from that, from the, from the perimeter to the center of his back, I think was the last thing I could see. Wow. What a mental image that must be. That's, <laughs> that's really, that's a really uh, interesting thing to, to think yeah. about. And it's, it's so fascinating to me because every, no matter how many of these types of stories I hear each one is it has its own unique properties there's there's mm. different visual elements there's different audio you know auditory elements to it um, right and we're not even touching yet the possibility of this being related to the uh wave the freak wave that we yeah. encountered afterwards yeah and I, and I'm willing, you know, I'm willing to say that, Hey, that could just be some bizarre, um, coincidence of just, you know, bad day at black rock kind of situation. But mm -hmm. that was just, that was just too bizarre as well on top of it. I mean, what that meaning, if anything, if that had any connection, we don't know, but that sure was bizarre. And that sure said, okay, let's cash our chips in today. I think this is not a day to go fishing. Um, one, one thing, you know, talking about kind of the visual thing, I, I also recall in, in, in my buddy also recalls recalled this too um the physical sensation that prickly on the back of your neck sensation that started mm -hmm. coming upon us like before we even pulled up exactly to this guy like right as we started noticing the silhouette of somebody coming onto the road that's when we got this kind of real prickle on the back of our neck and that whole classic goosebump goose flesh stuff and then right. again that that bizarre that absolute roaring silence that incredible intense silence that was just weird you know and so it was kind of a real physical experience as well i remember us both commenting on that later and you see that's that's something that kind of lends itself to my idea that if you were 
if you're plugged into a network and you're approaching an area that has some type of glitch going on mm-hmm. or there's some type of anomaly there, whether you are aware of it consciously or not, you are approaching that that zone, that location, and right. your your body is sort of trying to give you some kind of cue to that. You're You're getting something saying, hey, something is not normal up here. Something is wrong. Right. Right. And uh, you need to be on your guard. Right. In my in my uh, my rational mind was really the last thing to know what was going on. That's that's when I started. Wait a second. So you know, this yeah. is not, this is not normal. Yeah, for sure. Like my whole body was engaged before my my rational mind could sort of make sense of what was going on. Yeah, it's sort of a primal reaction to yeah. uh, to a, a threat. Very much so. Very, very interesting story there, Vince. Um, Thank you. This sort of, and just going back real quick to the, the wave situation. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to wrap my head around the situation, and and I love theorizing and postulating on what could be going on, what could be going through, um, the mind of this entity that you, uh, you know. Unless somehow you and Jeff both uh, conjured this up in your own minds somehow and had a shared hallucination, which is right. to me an extremely unlikely thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm more I more tend to believe that you both just saw something that we currently don't have the capacity to explain. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the so for example, last just last night I had an interview with a, a young man that told me a story that was related to him from his mother and in that story there was a basically a spirit for lack of a better term of a woman who lived in the house that they lived in before they moved in basically so she she lived in the house passed away and then they moved in and this this entity was able to uh she she had very specific tastes so uh, there was a certain color a shade of paint in the bathroom and whenever my friend's mother was trying to paint over that the paint would actually sort of seep through the paint that was already there that the uh, deceased lady put in it would seep through and to me I i was thinking that this this entity if this story is true is able to influence the physical world even though she's no longer here and this this story that you're talking about it kind of makes me call back to that mentally because it could very well be that the the uh, you know obviously the most likely event is that you just happen to run into three very extremely bizarre and hard to explain uh events in right. a, in a row before you decided to conk out who knows who knows how many more weird things would have happened if you guys didn't decide to pack it up at that point. Yeah, that's but, right. but, or it's also in the realm of possibility that something purposefully was causing those things to happen to you. Right. And, and if it was some type of entity, this, this entity may have been displaying the ability to reach into the physical world, not just to show you something visually, but to cause physical danger to come upon you, to to mm-hmm. bring down a giant wave out of a perfectly still 
and quiet water, body of water. That's really fascinating to, to, to think that a human spirit or the residual energy of a person who was extremely upset could could influence the physical world in that way it's really interesting to to imagine yeah and and i have to tell you that that was just you know i mean the pacific the pacific i mean it was it was truly a pond and the reason you know one of the reasons they call it the pacific is that it's a pretty stable body of water it's not like a real rough uh, body of water and right. it was truly just you couldn't have asked for a better uh condition to get out on a boat in terms of how flat it was and even these guys, and I'm so glad that, that we have witnesses, these, the scuba class, to say, wow, what the hell was that? You know, that was just truly out of the blue, this um, rogue wave. And then it was just perfectly flat again. And that's wow. when we said, okay, this is just too weird. We're, we're, we're done. You know? hmm. And you still, you still have contact with Jeff, is that right? You know, it's been, it's been a long time. He, he moved back to um, Washington at least 20 years ago now, and we've lost contact. Okay, okay. But if you were to call Jeff today, do you think you would remember the situation? Oh, oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because he was probably around the same age as you were, right? Yeah, he's just, just one or two years older than me. Oh, yeah, no, this was a, this was a major event to us. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's really interesting. Great, great yeah. food for thought. Yeah. For sure. That's, that's, what, that's what my show is all about. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been fun sharing it with you. Absolutely, my friend. Thank you so much, Vince, for coming on and um and sharing the story with us. If you uh, if you ever see anything weird like that again, please do give me a call because that's that's really interesting and you told the story really well, and I, I very much appreciate that in a guest. <laughs> Great. All right. Thank you. All right. Hey. Well, I appreciate it. The honor and pleasure is mine, my friend. Well, uh, you you have a great rest of your day and uh, enjoy your weekend and the rest of your stay down here in uh yeah in uh, sunny South Florida. Thank you. Pleasure to meet you along these lines. It's interesting. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, my friend. Okay. Bye bye. And there you have it, friends. Yet another fascinating look beyond the veil. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope I've convinced you to take another step or two down the rabbit hole. Make sure you subscribe to the DreamerCast, so you never miss out on our next unique journey into the realm of mystery. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to drop me a 5-star rating on iTunes. It really helps me out, and I would very much appreciate it. I'd love it if you shared the show with your friends and family, anyone with a taste for the truly fascinating questions that we explore here. If you have a paranormal story of your own that you would like to share with me, Head over to my website, MrXDreams.com, where you'll find a story submission page along with links to my merchandise, YouTube channel, and other ways to support the show. Until next time, my friends, I'm Mr. X Dreams, and I hope to see you again soon on the DreamerCast.